And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 199 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I'm Megan. Did you say 199? I'm Brian. I did. Holy shit. Yep. You see, we stalled last week with a uh, clip show because there was no way that all three of us could record at the same time this weekend with Jen on vacation. So we are glad to have Meg back for 199. Indeed. Um, And also we'll be doing 200 next week. Thanks to some creative numbering. <laughs> Go creative numbering. So technically, I'm on episode 200, but it's not episode 200. I mean, if you want to be technical, you're on episode 203, I think. Oh, that that's even less right, fun. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, we know how to count sometimes. sometimes. Uh, well, congratulations. Yes, thank you. I'm sure a comet will hit me and kill me next week, and I'll never this see 200. True. This is true. Yeah. Uh, I am having anesthesia on Monday, so who knows? I was not going to mention the fact that you are actually getting teeth pulled. <laughs> that might actually end up being the problem, but you know, because I don't want to jinx you. It's going to be fine. That's fine. I exist in a state of perpetual jinx, so. I hope you have a lot of pudding and yogurt. Nothing but the finest gogurt for me. There you go. <laughs> the finest gogurt. Yes. The French gogurt. <laughs> Gogair. Gogair. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that was beautiful. And that's it. That's the funniest part of this episode. It's all downhill from here. Uh, Did I ask how you guys are this week? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, because I interrupted. Okay. How is everyone this week? All right. Not too bad. My body is confused. It doesn't know what time zone it's actually in. It's been in four different, three different time zones in the past week. So it's just like, you're awake. Okay. (laughs) I I spent all week helping my daughter shop for a car. So there we go. Nice. What'd she end up getting? Well, we haven't gotten it yet, but she's going to get a Hyundai Elantra. Very nice. We had a rental car that didn't have, I don't know what you call it. The thing that you you move to pull in and drive and reverse and all that. Gear shift? Yeah. It didn't have an actual like gear shift stick. It had buttons and it was the worst thing. Because <laughs> you kept going for the gear stick and you're just like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, that... mine has mine has a little like nub of a stick because yeah, all that's digital. But oh, yeah, I course. would hate right. having just buttons. Like I've yeah. got a park button and that's fine. No, this has the buttons underneath the um, radio and you pull the button and I hate it i only drove it once and but yeah you keep going for that gear that's also where i rest my hand for the most part mm. yeah that would be super awesome yeah. well let's talk about comics yeah we should do that 2020 machine man number one or how aaron stack can't get over jacosta yeah um we see how compared to other machines in his model he stacks up uh-huh. 
I get it. Yeah. You're funny. Uh, pretty there, well, actually. There was one specific model I wanted to meet that I was sad we did not see. Do you okay. know which one that was, Brian? I have no idea. X-23. <laughs> uh. Wow. I was asking for that one, wasn't I? You were. I mean, wow. none of the ones that were like numbered in the background were ever number 23, and I was a little sad. Well, but yeah, you, actually, what the realization I came to was, uh, you know, the, the one we get introduced to at the end, right? You mean the one that must be from the DC universe? I, ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Clearly, it's getting ready for the crossover. Yeah. Crisis on an Infinite Machine Man's, yes. Yeah. I understood all those references. <laughs> it's Yay. X-52. So, quick show of hands, who actually got around to reading Iron Man 2020 before reading this issue? Uh, me. I did. Okay. I read it last week, yeah. Cool. For those who are not staring at the screen, I am not raising my hand. (laughs) To be fair, Brian didn't either. He just said me. It was more of a roll call, (laughs) I guess. I raised a virtual, I raised a mental hand. (laughs) Brian raised an auditory hand, is what Brian did. (laughs) An auditory (laughs) hand, yes. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Mag, how was reading this without reading Iron Man? I mean, I don't even know what's going on with Iron Man, but I don't feel like I could kind of guess what was going on. And it wasn't like I was completely lost. Cool. Like, I don't know any of the characters in this. The only Jocasta I know is from Outlander, which made me giggle the whole time. But outside <laughs> of that, no, I mean, it, it, it reads fine. Cool. I, I assume that uh, in Tony Stark's world, there's uh, an uprising going on. Someone's fucked up quite a bit. Well, yeah. Also, that he has okay. a brother named Aaron? Arno. Arno? Yeah. Whatever. So, um, given that this is a, an Iron Man-based story and somebody must have screwed up, who do you think that probably was? <laughs> oh, it had to be Tony, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tony is the definition of the road of hell is paved with good intention. Yep. My poor Tony boy. Tony, who is in fact the one leading the robot uprising. Oh, okay. Yes. Except his name is Mark now. What? He goes by Mark. Mark 1. Yes. As in the first version. Yes. Yep. Oh boy. And that doesn't count the cloned Tony that's running around or the... um, Cloning, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Or the various iron peoples, or that yeah, whatever. I was uh, I was very thankful. Marvel was nice enough to provide me a checklist for all of the twenty twenty stuff at the back of this, though. Yes, I also. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Uh, Mostly, I'm happy that I'm going to see some Ironheart. You know, it may be short lived, but I'll get to see some more Ironheart. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciated the uh, next wave callback in here too. Oh, the Aaron Stack stuff. Yeah, there's well, there's a panel in here that is. Yes. uh, Look at where you were then, and look at where you were more recently, and it's this panel of him like as a human, well, robot Swiss Army knife talking about death to fleshy meat sacks or something. (laughs) Yes. That was a panel out of Next Wave. It was indeed. I believe that's when he throws himself into Fin Fang Foom, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Although with that book, I could be mistaken, because I feel like that was maybe a running gag. Uh, Yeah, I just realized, no wonder you like Next Wave. It literally has everything you like in it. (laughs) I like most of those things because of that book. Uh, Okay, you know what? That's very fair. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. Other than Boom Boom. Boom Boom I am here for because of X-Men Evolution. Yeah. And because... They're named Boom Boom. Look, Boom Boom spoke to Teenage Alex. Teenage Alex, Look. who played by the rules and was very uh, much a 
boring old man. Boom Boom spoke to teenage Brian back when she was introduced in the 80s. Well, you know, hey, we have common ground here, and I'm sure these are for some of the same reasons. And we will move on. Uh, Although I think there's a segue here that people could also work out. The Amazing Mary Jane number five. (laughs) This is just a fun book. Um, Mary Jane fights the Sinister Six. Yep, single-handedly. I've been debating picking this up, and that that's just a uh, that that makes it even better. Grab the trade. At this point, this is the end yeah, of the first you're start. Go the trade. Yeah, this is just like if you had said, okay, you know what? What what could you base a solo Mary Jane book on that would be interesting? Oh, let like, her team I, up with Mysterio. I would I would <laughs> never have come up with this, but it is absolutely perfect to make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, and then have to defend the movie against the Sinisters. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. It, this is this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, story. And it sounds like the next arc is going to be something fairly different, which I also like. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, maybe. Because the, the cover art they showed in the back is like her heading back to New York. But they also talk about reshoots. Right. Or right. secondary filming. In- yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is uh this is a great deal of fun. Uh it you know, highlights her without being and I I hesitate to say this about any comic, but unrealistic in that, you know, it's just her being Mary Jane. It's not Yeah. <laughs> they don't like give her superpowers somehow or anything like that. Yeah. Oh no, you drank this forty eight hour spider serum that will right, give you exactly, yes. For just an arc, spider powers. Right. God, yeah. See, this is what I was afraid was going to happen. That's why. No, it didn't do any of that. It's no, just, I know. That yeah. that makes me happy. Yeah. Also, she's good at being a movie producer. Turns out she's re- yeah, real good at it. Yeah. yeah. I am really curious what happens when Christos Gage comes back from his uh, documentary. Uh... <laughs> you said Christos Gage. Is it that who it is? Who is the co-writer who often works oh, no, with Dan Slott. Gage McKnight? Oh, there you go. There you go. Gage McKnight. You kind of Jeopardy before and aftered it. I did. did. (laughs) You're exactly right. That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Christos Gage never wrote this book? Yeah. So for those who... uh, Mysterio took the identity of this famous director in order to secure funding for this project, for this movie, which is a documentary-ish of his life, uh, of Mysterio's life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Uh, and sent the real director to study penguins for a documentary <laughs> in Antarctica or something. Yes. Pretty sure they said he'd be there like two years, so this book's got time. <laughs> I guess so, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, uh, by then they'll be able to blame it on scrolls. Oh. Actually, with Empire coming up, they can definitely blame it on Scrolls. I was going to say, I don't even think you have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> you can just do it now. Uh, Ghost Spider, number seven. I am so happy that Gwen is in a decent place for at least a couple of issues here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I had like, to read six again because I wasn't sure what happened on it. And I'm glad I did because this arc is so much fun. Yeah. She is... <clears throat> just able to do good things and save people and like we know bad stuff is building and things Mm -hmm. are gonna happen but like right now she's good with her dad she's good with her friends she's doing okay at school like everything is okay for her right now yeah and i really like the fact that um this starts off with like so her dad hasn't come back from you know his shift 
Right. And she freaks out. And so it's kind of nice to see that it's not just her or him freaking out about her and like that he doesn't give her shit for it. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry. It's cool. Like, I'm okay. Just some stuff went down and I haven't been able to get home yet. And you know what it almost reminds me of? What? Keith and Veronica Mars. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you understand that now. <laughs> sorry. It does. If only Veronica could, you know, feed a suit and keep herself swinging and multiverse and all that stuff you know the book referenced veronica mars recently and i'm starting to think maybe that was intentional actually as we have this conversation it did and except on earth 65 it's victoria mars yes (laughs) yeah that was the second one that made me think of that the other one was in uh we'll get to it was in uh superman's pal jimmy olsen where he goes jim corrigan no not that one (laughs) (laughs) I also liked um, the different Panic at the Disco's last issue. Nightmare at the... Oh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, yes. And Anxiety at the Art Museum. Uh (laughs) Anxiety at the... Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I really, really like how McGuire plays with the multiverse. Yeah, it's fun. Speaking of playing with the multiverse, we get Sue and Johnny back in this one. Yeah, (sighs) and it took me a minute to realize, like... When I was reading six, I was like, Storm, wait a second. Isn't that Fantastic Four? <laughs> and also, isn't this like Prodigy's son? Like, this is exactly the TV show, only like not. But basically, it's a bunch of rich kids whose dad got taken away for a serial killer. And that is Prodigy's son. Oh, so. well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they are um, they are big influencers. So, yeah. And Social that's, media stars. That's, that's their life. With a stage bomb basically yeah oh yeah totally so called shot time i think sue is gonna have fire powers and johnny is going to be the one who can turn invisible interesting i like it i like the shot i like the call here's why (laughs) one we get the line oh someone stops these villains with fire powers just as johnny storm shows back up i can do that math and also, it seems like Sue's a little bit more the one who actually likes the media attention. Yeah, she seems yeah. to have Johnny's, what we think of as Johnny's personality. From, exactly. You know, 616, yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially because while they're in um, Captain Stacy's office, she says something about him being a hothead, I think. But he doesn't explode or anything like that. I think yeah. you're right. I'm just wondering if they're evil. I mean, I think they're going to be very different. Yeah. I don't know that I expect them to be evil. Although it would be fun if they are when the maker shows up and exactly. we get the beginnings of a full evil Fantastic Four. Well, It'd be so much fun. I guess you could make the argument that isn't there a little bit of evil in all influencers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. For the social media influencer side, that doesn't lead me down happy paths. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> But they also don't realize how long they've been gone, unless they're lying about that. I'm I'm wondering if it was just almost instantaneous for them, like there's some sort of transport to the future yeah. type thing. Or maybe, like, they went to Latveria and Doctor Doom pulled out his time pad, only they got stuck in some sort of between-time, out-of-time place on it. And got their powers there, and yeah. then showed back up instantaneously. Well, in there's New York. no commentary from anybody that they look exactly the same, uh, or that they don't look like they haven't aged in five years. True. So I don't know if that's intentional. I'm curious to see where this is going then. Yeah. 
And also, where is this universe's been grim? That's a very good question, because this universe's um, Reed Richards is 12 years old. Yep. Yep. He builds Should inventions be. out of Lego. <laughs> Should be fun. All right. Let's check in with our friends on Krakoa. Starting with the Marauders, number eight. Guess what this one has? A white funeral. Quote of the week? It also has my quote of the week. (laughs) Well, quote of the week part one, because I have two since I'm making up for last week. Brian's quote of the week part one. Part one. Um, Well, you know, we should talk a little bit about this before I I actually do the quote of the week, because you need to know what happens in this issue. Well, I've already burned the theme song, so fine. Go ahead. You can sing it again. No. Um, (laughs) It's fine. But essentially, you know, they find Kate, which is, you know, from two issues ago where we were left. Yeah. Um, And, you know, things aren't happy. Well, at one point, uh, Emma goes to tell Storm what has happened, that Kate is gone. And, um, you know, Storm obviously kind of loses it and ends up (laughs) slapping (laughs) Emma across the face because Emma's, she's, um... She's basically going, you know, it's, it's your fault. I told you this was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And Emma was like, well, I could ask where her protectors were that were supposed to be guarding her. That I, And Storm just slaps her. <laughs> but the funny part is, is after that, when Emma hugs her and goes, I want to give you a gift. And Storm's response is, it's going to be hard to compete with you with getting to slap you upside the head after all these years. Storm raises a valid point. Uh, she does, very much. Um, I mean... I think we all know that Kitty is not going to be gone if we're good, right? I mean, Kate will be back. Kate will return, and Lockheed already has. Yeah, we see that Lockheed is not gone, which made me happy, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you know the other thing I really liked in this issue? The sinister gossip page? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm looking at right now. It's so good. Yeah. Make more mutants, they said. Those are always among my favorite text pages in these books. Although, New Mutants has one that's even better. Does it really? It I have, does. That's the one I have not read yet. I know. Of all the books, New oh. Mutants. Come on. All right. Anything else on Marauders? Um, Your quote. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. No, the, yeah, the quote, the quote was, was her saying, it's going to be really hard to top not getting to slap you upside the head. Oh, okay. yeah. <clears throat> um, the other is... Um, Turns out you really shouldn't piss off Iceman because he's a whole lot more powerful than most people would realize. <laughs> yeah. You don't want him to give you the cold shoulder. Holy shit. I think I think my favorite was when the guy's like, fine, I'll just shoot you. And literally his finger breaks trying to pull the trigger because <laughs> it's frozen solid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. All right. That's it. New Mutants. So we are back with the space team. And Brian, I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. When you read the recap page, you're going to think you've missed something. You haven't. (laughs) Okay. That's all I will say. But don't worry about going back and trying to reread the last issue like I did, because you're good. Okay. Um... This is the remainder of the confrontation between the New Mutants and the secret Shi'ar, secret Shi'ar Death Squad that has been sent after them. Uh, and then the fallout of bringing Deathbird back to Exandra. Um, and the fight for this book, in the middle of this book, gives us the best yet text page of one of the new X-Men books. Oh. It requires two D6s. <laughs> 
I love it already. Because there is not room for a 17-page long fight. It gives you the rules by which to resolve it yourself. What? Yes! Oh my god, I love this so much. As a brief single-player tabletop experience. Of all the books for you to miss, Brian! How the hell did I... Like, literally... I finished I finished Wolverine literally minutes before we started, and I cannot believe I did not get the new mute. Yep. I was reading uh. this in the green room last night. Just, <laughs> it didn't even occur to me to message you and make sure you would meet, read it, because I uh. could not imagine a world in which you, of all people, skipped new mutants. It's because they have them in an order that you're that they list them for you yeah. to read in. New Mutants goes before Wolverine, and Marauders goes after it. Oh, what? does it? Yes, you read them out of order. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's because last week's books didn't have the list order in. Them. Yeah. Yes, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is fun. It is a little bit what you expect, but uh it is fun nevertheless. Wolverine. This was not what I expected. No, this is actually I think the first issue of a Wolverine Logan Wolverine ongoing mm-hmm. I have ever bought. What? I am not normally a big Wolverine solo book person, and you know what? I really liked this one. Well, I think there's two. I think there's two specific reasons for that. Vampires. One, it, no, what, vampire? no. Well, I was going to say no. I was going to list the two things being one, the whole Krakoa environment that we exist in right now. True. And two would be the fact that Benjamin Percy's writing it. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of what he has done, I really, really like over the last few years. So this issue has basically two full size, just about yeah stories in it. Yeah. Um, and are they eventually supposed to line up, or is this just going to be two Logan stories? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the first one is a little more, here is Wolverine's place in X-Men, and the second one is a little more, here is Wolverine's place in the broader Marvel continuity. That's, yeah. Yeah, because the stuff we see with the vampires is picking up a thread that Jason Aaron has been weaving through Avengers for a while now. Okay. Uh, But before we get into that, let's talk about what happens in each one. So, Brian, why don't you tell me about the first half? Um, Okay, so... Um, Mostly because I don't remember it, and I read this yesterday. It will it will come as absolutely <laughs> no surprise that my probably my favorite two characters in this are actually not Wolf Logan at all, but what? Marvel Marvel Girl and Kate because they all are right. amazing in this. I do remember this one now. Yes, <laughs> because we start off with uh, some uh, children, mutant children on Krakoa, looking for uh, Logan. They're playing hide and seek with him. Yes. And they can't find him, but one of them has the brilliant idea that he's always smelly, so maybe we can find him by smell. (laughs) It's good logic. It's not wrong. What part of Krakoa smells most like cigars and Canadian whiskey? (laughs) That's Logan. That's Logan. Bob. But they're they're walking through, and they walk up, and Marvel goes there, and she's like, well, do you want a hint? And you hear Wolverine say in her mind, don't do it. And she just rips him out of this tree and throws him right down in front of him. <laughs> so 
Then she tells him that Kate is waiting for him at the dock. Then he goes to the docks to get his um, his whiskey and hooch <laughs> and beer, I assume. So, uh, I did not have time to go back and check. Uh-huh. Is this the same moment we see in Marauders number one? I do not know, but I have to think it probably is. I think it is. I think this is maybe a little earlier in the timeline than the other X-Men books, and maybe the backup is also a little later. That could well be, yes. Um, But... Uh, then we have what is an ab- a new ability that I did not even know that Kate possessed, but I'm super happy to find out about it. <laughs> she says uh, um, something about, uh, I, I, I learned I could do this while bartending. And she has a drink on the table. She takes her hand and slams it through the glass, because, you know, intangible, but absorbs the alcohol into her bloodstream when she does it. And gets instantly drunk and gets instantly buzzed yes beautiful (laughs) i thought that was amazing um but it turns out she actually had logan come for a reason and it's because they are they have noticed missing uh shipments and partial shipments and and items of the flowers you know the the drugs that they are selling the organic drugs they're selling to the rest of the world and then the rest of this main story is essentially an investigation of uh logan trying to look into where they this possibly might have gone you know where they might have gone and then as a side part of this parallel running to this we have a cia agent who is also investigating where, you know, this this new drug called pollen and where it's going, uh, which ends up eventually leading them to Russia. It always does. Uh, and Logan takes a takes X Force with consisting in this case of Domino, Kid Omega, Logan, and Marvel Girl and Jean. Um, and they all show up in this uh, church of, what do they call Do you remember what their name is? The Cult of X? The Cult of X, yes, who are worshipping mutants. And in this case, think if they drink their blood, then they will um, get closer to them. Yeah, it's like a bunch of humans that are trying to become, like, hybrid mutants. Yeah. And the only thing we learn by the end of this is that the flowers are being sold to them by the pale girl, right? Now, I have a question. If you Mm -hmm. do eat of Wolverine's flesh and drink of his blood, is that considered an act of transbubstantiation? (laughs) Transbubstantiation. I don't know, but... For some reason, I, I think he's really chewy, and you would instantly get drunk. <laughs> Do you think Gwenpool's going to suddenly show up if Quentin's dead? She's going to come avenge? I uh, can only hope so. I'm going to guess not, though, because, you know, they're mutants and they'll just get brought back. But, 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 but. But. The one superhero I do actually desperately, I have just realized, need to see Wolverine fight is Gwynpool. Yes. Yeah. She would annoy the shit out of him, but she would help. Oh, you've forgotten this part of your backstory, and this part of your backstory, and this part (laughs) of your backstory? Yep. (laughs) And also, you killed my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) That would be beautiful. So, uh, yeah, any, any shots on who you think the pale girl is? No. Not a clue. I have no idea. But I've got to assume it's someone with ties to Wolverine's backstory, and I, like Wolverine, am really fuzzy on it. Fair enough. The screenshot wasn't enough to really, you know, give any clues. All right. Meg, how about the vampires? So this is like, while he is um, working as security, Red Omega shows up. 
and Corwake is supposed to be a safe haven for all mutants and Wolverine's like no not you fuck you get out and uh Magneto's like no we're gonna you know it is a safe haven for everybody we're gonna clean him up because he's bleeding out and figure out what's going on before we decide what we're gonna do which leads Logan to kind of bounce back and forth between um talking to Red Omega and Paris um where he first finds a car full of dead bodies which is not good (laughs) no 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 you usually want the bodies to be alive yeah yeah there's a lot of blood in this issue um well there are also vampires well yes um and that's basically what it leads to is the fact that there are vampires taking over paris not even just like a little bit it's like paris is the city for vampires now um so he teams up with someone who's named Louisa. We don't really know much else about her unless you guys know who she is. I have no clue, but I like her. I do too. Mm-hmm. We first see her selling flowers, um, which is great. And she has a solar gun, UV gun, which is even better. And she doesn't untie Wolverine when she saves his ass, which makes me like her even more. <laughs> um, and Wolverine thinks he's killed the leader of the pack, which makes him think that everything's kind of done and good. And it's like, oh, no, you were so wrong, my dude. Dracula is back. Yes, back in black. Black in back in Drac. There we go. Yes. Um, and we kind of get the opinion that Red Omega is not changed for the good. No, he's working for the vamps. Yeah. And who also just kind of want a taste of mutant blood, and maybe it's kind of better than human blood? I got the impression that, because last time we saw Dracula, he was not in great health, you know, even for a vampire. Um, I got the the sense that, like, maybe Wolverine's blood healed him a little bit. That would make sense. I'm assuming if you can absorb any of Wolverine's blood, you're absorbing some of its powers. Yeah. Well, especially there was the page that talked specifically about Wolverine's blood and that... Yeah, and did anyone else get the impression that the the text pages for this issue were swapped? No. I really feel like the one at the end of the book probably should have been at the end of the first story. Let me see. Yeah, I'm looking too. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Because the oh, first the one was Fallen, and the second, and the uh, yeah, had they been flipped, they would have been in the story that referenced what they. Yeah, were. that yeah, was discussing. weird that it's at the end of everything, unless yes. they're unless it is supposed to hint that everything's going to kind of tie together. together. Maybe, maybe, but was... putting the the one about his blood and vampires first does sort of tip the hand on what's happening in Paris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The blood work is like in the middle of the other story. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. I think they just swapped the pages. It happens sometimes. Actually, it happened in an issue of. Fine. Don't take my conspiracy theory. Batman recently? Especially considering that the CIA's daughter has leukemia, so. Uh, no, that is a good point, actually. Mm. Okay, Meg may be right. We'll see. Meg's probably right. Meg's usually right. Um, when it comes to comics, not always. I default to those who know more, but there is a leukemia child, so. Yeah. All right. Bang! Oh yeah, that's me. So I didn't know anything about this, um, but I tend to look up anything number one just to see what it's about. And I read Super Spy, 60-year-old murder or mystery writer, and I went, okay, that's all I need to know (laughs) before I bought this. Uh, It's a Dark Horse comic, and on the front... It says, a great fucked up blend of James Bond and Tintin, Keanu Reeves. So that was also enough of a selling point. <laughs> but basically, what this comic is, uh, as I explained it to Tim, James Bond multiverse, but the writer can jump into different universes. Cool. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 
So um, the James Bond is named Thomas Cord, and we get two different Thomas Cords. And the second one gets hit with this gas and starts to question. He's like, wait, I'm 30 years old. How do I remember doing these things in the 1960s and <laughs> 70s and 80s? And it's like um, getting hit with the fact that there's a multiverse. It's really weird, but really cool. But basically, yeah, if you like James Bond, which I'm not a huge fan of, but enough that I'm gonna, yeah, I was all for this. Cool. And they're trying to find, across the multiverse, the 18 stigma of Philip uh, Vare, which is like this paperback book that I, I'm trying to think of what other comic it would fit in, because it would definitely fit in something that I, uh, else I would read. I'm see if, can you see uh, without uh, the glare? Really. I mean, it kind of like, looks like the cover to an issue of Wikidiv. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. But also because of the tentacles, maybe criminal or sex criminals. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. If you don't know that it's James Bond multiverse going into it, you're not going to have a fucking clue what happens. But I am all for this. Cool. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Aquaman number 57. Oh, wow. Um, Is I that guess... the splish splash of little fins I hear? I guess congratulations are in order for uh, Arthur and Mara. Yeah. And baby unknown and dolphin uh, is there too and dolphin is there too um yeah so uh mara has her has her daughter yeah and but is now in a coma uh which is uh, a result of all of the uh, the super strain of the aquakinesis she used when fighting uh black manta yeah, because maybe her body started to consume her own brain for fuel. And instead of her body shutting down, she somehow overrode that and yeah, yeah. forced it, pushed it past its limits. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, as if all of that excitement wasn't enough, who else shows up, Alex? I already said Dolphin. No. I was thinking uh, Ocean Master. Oh, right. He's here too. Yeah. As who is announcing himself as a state visitor. Did you ever go back and read the Year of the Villain Ocean Master like I told you to? Uh, yes, I did. Cool. Yeah. I was going to say, makes a hell of a lot more sense if you've it, read that book. It does, because, yeah, he announces himself as a state visitor from the city of Dagon, which is what that issue is about, is him establishing and or becoming that, yes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but you know who else I really liked in this issue? The Doctor? The Doctor. She is great, yes. She's she's pretty amazing. Um and I love I love Aquaman's reaction when uh, when Volko announces, "Well, yeah, I guess I'm in charge since I'm the re I'm the fiance of of the queen <laughs> and the regent now." <laughs> I love his response. He's like, oh, yeah, I was, I was, they thought I was dead. I, yeah, that makes sense. Smart move. Yep. <laughs> Cannot argue that. Let's move on. <laughs> exactly. I uh, love it. So good. So I good. mean, okay. In the time I have been, been reading comics, Aquaman has pretty consistently been very good. Yeah. But this is a high watermark. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Um, Okay. Do we want to take guesses on the name? Um, because I have one. Okay, then we're gonna. I I yield my guessing privileges to Brian. Uh, I think it's gonna be named after Earth Mother. And what was wasn't her name? It, uh, wasn't it Atlanta? Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. or Atlana, 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 Atlana. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna is. guess Martha. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh Martha. Meg, any guesses? No. 
Would you like to take sides and pick between our guesses? I'm going to take Brian's side. Yeah, I got safe choice. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> Smart. I mean, you, you could go with something like, you know, you, we could go with, with something that would lean into Jen's camp and go with something like Carol Danvers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll lean in. Yeah, I'll vote for Jen's. <laughs> Hey, it works for Supergirl, Kara Danvers. There you go. <laughs> I've never put that together. Wow. <sighs> How awesome. Oh, no, wait. She has red hair. It's Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Arthur, where did you pick the name Pepper Potts from? <laughs> Mary Jane Watson. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Lord. Uh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, no, but I'm very excited. This is uh, this is this is good, good, good stuff. Yeah, that Kelly Sue DeConnick can write, huh? Gosh, she can though. <laughs> Deceased Unkillables number one. This is um, this is more in the new world created by Tom Taylor. Yes, created and destroyed by Tom Taylor. <laughs> created and destroyed almost instantly by Tom Taylor. Uh, in this follows, this kind of goes back to when the virus first started happening. Yeah. And instead of following what happens with the heroes and kind of their story, we take a look at two or three villains and some might argue villain adjacent heroes. <laughs> it's Red Jason Hood. Todd. It's Red Hood. Yeah, it's Red Hood, which, you know, yeah. Many would argue that he is, he could be fall into the criminal category. Sure. Sure. Um, and so Jason goes to the Batcave to find out what's going on, and... Wait, that's not where this begins. You're jumping into the middle. Eh, this begins middle. with Deathstroke. It starts with Deathstroke, that's fair. Getting bitten by one of the zombies, or scratched, or yep. whatever, and then waking up elsewhere because he has healed himself, and oh wait, he is immune to the virus. Yeah. He is immune to the anti-life virus. Exactly the person you want to be alive. <laughs> Then we switch to Wayne Manor and the Batcave and Jason showing up and him finding um, uh, Dick Grayson and Bruce and uh, Tim. Yeah. And they are dead. Uh, and he finds one more person who is okay. You might say he's aces. He is aces. As a matter of fact, he's ace, the Bathound. Um, but then he buries the three of them and creates little little tombstones for them and do you remember what he put on puts on bruce's uh something like friend father bastard batman yeah bruce wayne father mentor bastard batman <laughs> yeah yep and then he asks the bat the bat computer to find any um heartbeats that are still beating for bat family yeah people. yeah to which he finds two yeah yeah Meanwhile, Slade is uh, picking up Rose in a helicopter. Well, trying to. Trying to. <laughs> so he tells her to go up to the roof, and she's like, okay, so now I'm on the roof of a building that's surrounded by undead zombies with no way to escape. He's like, well, don't go down. Climb. Cause he dro and he drops like the, the proverbial ladder from the helicopter. Right? Don't climb, don't climb, don't climb! <laughs> yeah, he's like, then climb. And then he looks out and he sees Man Bat coming at him. And he's like, don't climb, don't climb. And yeah, Man Bat crashes in and uh, crashes the helicopter. And so now they're both stuck on the rooftop with no way to get out. Until unlikely help arrives. Yes. Um, one might say it mirrors uh, their predicament. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, okay. 
I feel like weird. you're working hard for the pun there. I was, I was. Uh, mirror Master shows up yeah. in a mirror and says that Vandal Savage has put together this group and invites them to travel through the mirror dimension with him to where they're at. Calling it now, this is the best appearance of the Creeper ever. <laughs> this is amazing. So we find out the people that are with Vandal are... Well, obviously Vandal. Uh, Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy went t-shirt too. <laughs> the Creeper, who also can heal the virus. They think. <laughs> they think, right, yeah. Cheetah, uh, Captain Cold, Lady Shiva, Bane, and Deadshot. Um, I'm sorry, but if there's a zombie virus running around, mm-hmm. Bane is the last person I'm inviting <laughs> to my island. I think you're right. Vandal Savage, you fucking moron, you know better than this. <laughs> I mean, and you've already got muscle. You got Solomon Grundy, and he's already dead. So yeah. you don't have to worry about him being infected, right? Yeah. Deadshot makes sense. Deadshot, I'm I'm 100% on board with. Yeah. Because, you know, you kill zombies by shooting them in the head. That's it is known. easy. Done. Right. <laughs> Nobody shoots them in the head better than Deadshot. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Bane, Bane is a mistake. Bane is an obvious mistake, my dude. Um, how much do you love the whole tree lobster discussion? <laughs> so much. So very much. So Vandal's talking about how there's this creature called the tree lobster that they thought was extinct, but it was able to hide itself away and preserve its species. <laughs> and Creeper goes, I understand what you're saying. We're lobsters. Um, that That's not what I meant. Too late, I fully embraced it. I've already got t-shirts. And he has t-shirts and pennants and caps that say, I'm a tree lobster. As someone with a well-documented penchant for animal trivia, I am here for this. Uh-huh. I'm a t-shirt. Grundy is tree lobster. <laughs> It's beautiful. This is this is wonderful. Um, and then uh, Red Hood, Jason shows up to find one of the two heartbeats that is still going on in Gotham. Doesn't he find both of them in the oh, same no, place? Oh, you're right. He does find both of them. You're yeah. right. They are both there. Come to think of it, I was specifically thinking. Uh, turns out it's Jim Gordon. Uh huh. Jim is still alive, and uh, Cassie is with him, yes. helping to def- to defend him. And he puts them both in the car. Also, how much? How much does it suck that for Cass- Cassandra Kane that even in the apocalypse, Lady Shiva is still one of the survivors? Right, I know. I, I did think of that. I think that's very obviously. In- I think that's very intentional. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he. So yeah, he kind of saves up. He kind of shows up and saves the two of them because they're about to be overrun. Um, and then has this lovely discussion about um. <laughs> uh, wait, how did you know I was still alive? And he was like, well. Bruce uh, injected you with a tracker, and so I knew your heartbeat was was still alive. He did, and and he's like, he he did what? (laughs) I'm just going to say the entire conversation in the Batmobile. Yeah. All of that is comic book gold. (laughs) It is absolutely beautiful. The entire thing from that to the, look, you don't have to play Batman's game. All of it is excellent. Yes, it is. But, and, it, and essentially, he's telling you, yeah, I know Bruce did this and violated your privacy, but you got to realize the fact that he that he did means that he cared for you and considered you part of his family. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this, though, is Team Gotham uh, arrives in Bloodhaven at this yes. 
very heavily fortified orphanage. Uh, yeah, right? And they make their way in because they see, hey, it is beset by zombies and full mm-hmm. of living people. And they start to talk to the kids in there. And Jim introduces them as Batgirl and dot 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 Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know. Eh, okay, we'll go with Ish. it. These two are heroes. Yeah. They're Batgirl and Robin. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, <sighs> I do like it. Such a good it. book. And they decide to stay and help the children secure and save this place. The orphanage. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're wearing yeah. a Hamilton hoodie. I had to. I am wearing my Hamilton hoodie. All right, flash forward, number six. The end of oh. this. I texted Brian earlier in the week with, like, you are not prepared for how weird the end of this book <gasps> is. I, you know what? I can't say I'm surprised, though. You can't say you're surprised that, spoilers, Wally West gets Dr. Manhattan text boxes and his logo on his forehead? Um, well, is it that? Is that just his? Didn't they also use that same logo for Metron? Not those text boxes they did. Oh, well, that's true. The text boxes they didn't. But I thought I thought they had, like, that circle. It, 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 it is more specifically exactly Dr. Manhattan's, not just a circle. It is the circle with the, like, the dot on the circle also. Like, yeah. It, so it's, it's hydrogen, essentially, right? It's a nucleus with one electron. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Metroid has a circle, but this is straight up some Dr. Manhattan bullshit. Uh, yeah, well, and the blue, the blueness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that part was, that was... And the existence out of time. Right. Well, and here's the thing, though. Um, one, they had to, they had to do something with Wally, right? Yeah, because... but they could have just let him go home with his wife and children. I'm sorry, do you read comic books? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then you know that's not an option. Prodigiously, one might say. Let let someone be happy in a comic book? No, 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 no. no can't. Um, you can but... if you're Tom Taylor or uh, uh, Kelly Thompson or any number of other people. Jeremy Whitley. Jeremy Whitley lets people be happy. Let let Wally be Jeremy happy. Miller, yes, he does. You are right. He does let. Which is why they will not let him write a Wally West book. <laughs> Wally West makes Daredevil look like he's having an easy day. I know, right? <laughs> um, but he does make a deal with uh, Tempest Fugenot, which is if he accepts this, uh, if he sits in the Mobius chair and accepts this position, his role, whatever, then the Tempest Fugenot will return his kids to 616, or, or zero. In <laughs> to 616. <laughs> and this is the beginning of the I'm, crossover. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already processing how this is going to happen. Sorry, <laughs> I, I jumped ahead to my conspiracy. See, I'm happening out of time. All my, all this time is happening at the same time to me. I'm experiencing it all at the same time. I was wondering why you had the circle with the dot on it on your forehead <laughs> and were yeah, blue, we but I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> I just figured you blew yourself. <laughs> wow, there's an Arrested Development joke right there. Oh. There's always money in the banana stand. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, but basically, to return his kids to uh, to Earth Zero, um, which he does, and the returning of them to Earth Zero, uh, basically, kind of like when Wally showed up and touched like the original Titans. Yeah. Right. 
basically brought all of her memories, all, all of uh, Linda's memories back. Like when Molly showed up and touched Dick. Right, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I, how much did you love the fact that when they go to Linda, and this is before she, uh, you know, kind of reawakens her, she's wearing a Flash t-shirt. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like that. But, um, yeah, so basically at the end of this, Linda remembers all of her previous life and her kids and is reunited with them. And now they have to do it all without Wally. Yeah. Who... You know, has seen this, because now he's seeing everything. Yes. And is in the Mobius chair, and has the Dr. Manhattan symbol on his head, and is going through and outside and all around time, and yeah, there we go. Yes. I enjoyed this a lot. I just want closure for Wally. I want Wally to get to be happy. Well, and if, if you think back, I really wonder if... This was one of the things that was intended to happen from Rebirth. It's, it, I would believe it. I think it's very I, possible. And the reason that I say that is there's just so much otherwise that has to just be coincidence that somebody pulled together really, really well, which is, you know, Wally is the one who was trapped out of time. Yeah. Wally is the one who remembered everything before and knew that someone had manipulated time and space. Yeah. Right. And maybe, maybe this is part of it for me too. I was going to give the joking explanation that is let Wally be the flash and Barry do this. Cause Barry can't be happy if given the opportunity and Wally is actually capable of happiness. <laughs> Um, That's valid. But realistically, like, okay, maybe that is part of it. But maybe it's just that, like, I'm okay with plot-wise the setup that Wally is unstuck still from time, but he's restored his family and has to... I think what I... I don't know. It's that he's subsumed by the chair and, like, he's no longer Wally that right. I think bugs me. If it were still, oh, hey, there's more work to be done in the multiverse, you can't go home yet... Like, I don't think that version of it would bug me as much. Even though I do like this and everything getting here. I just, I want Wally to get to, you know, be Wally. I, I think that is going to happen. I think that it's, it, it, there's going, I think that there's some other really big stuff that has to happen first. Yeah. And I think it's very likely that's not going to happen for even possibly another couple of years. I know. I just, I need him to get to the earth where John Spencer is still alive to ride on a cocktail napkin let wally be wally <laughs> and then we all cry and then we all cry he gave him the napkin exactly okay plunge let's plunge. talk about underwater horror and sharks and also dildos yes you read this too didn't you i did <laughs> i was like wait a second Ooh, I, shark dildos do not sound like they would be fun <laughs> dildo shark do 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 dildo shark <laughs> I do have to say, I totally forgot that Lolo Woods also came out this week and did not pick that one up. Have you read but the first couple issues of it? I have, and I love it, and I'm totally bummed. Just in case you're looking for more Joe Hill horror, that's a great one, too. This one was a lot of fun, though. Yeah? I don't know what the fuck's going on, but yeah. <laughs> um, all the dildo talk just kind of made it worth it, I guess. Because <laughs> part of me was like, I should have known with the title, Plunge, that I'm going to hate this. <laughs> And then the first, like, page is like, oh, giant squids and a tsunami tidal well, wave. Cool. Well, when the title of the arc was called Sploosh, you should have gotten an idea. <laughs> Listen, I don't always think. 
think Brian's making a joke here. I, Although, okay, <laughs> I would not put it past me this week to have also missed that. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if I missed that or not. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. So. Um, but yeah, this is, there's a boat that's been missing for 40 years that has suddenly started uh, sending off a distress signal and they're getting the crew together to go find it. And it also happens to be a crew that uh, does uh, deep, water salvages salvage thank you i was like i know there's a word for this which includes fifteen thousand dildos very large dildos how do you measure measure a year with fifteen thousand dildos apparently five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred dildos <laughs> wow so that's a lot of dildos <laughs> in making the clip show and trying to find the one clip Jin wanted that i could not find i listened to a lot of old episodes of this <laughs> podcast and you know one we used to be way more inappropriate and two i used to <laughs> oh, sing yes. a lot more yep you know sometimes you just mature and get older yes that is yeah, the message of us? Brooklyn Nine-Nine this week, too. Because <laughs> that's not what happened to us. I don't know what happened to us, but I don't think that was it. Mike left. <laughs> As I was going to say, you probably just are more tired. That may well be. Yeah. That that might well be. Yes. I just appreciate that we went from the scientist who works for the University of Alaska, I believe, and she's swimming with sharks and dealing with some crazy-looking creatures that are eating each other that kind of look like terrifying um, worms. Yeah, I don't know what they are, but they look like something I wouldn't want to swim with. No. They're eating each other instead of mating. And then it switches to the next group, and it's like, are you the guy? The guy they sent to look at my dildos? <laughs> He's like holding this giant black dildo. I'm like, it really looks like he is holding a dildo. Yep. That's a strange choice. I yep. read it. Oh, nope. He is reading a dildo, and they're <laughs> or holding a dildo, and there is a reason for that. Yep. And then it's like, how many dicks do you have on hand? He's like, one. But below, we've got thousands. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I like this book. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're going to go check out this ship that I believe is in Russian territory. It's disputed. Yeah. I mean, they're making it disputed because then they don't have to talk to Russia. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a dead body is not really dead at the end. And also some really weird creatures. See? Zombies. See yeah. zombies. Yeah, I get enough of those in D and D, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, there is truth to that. Sea yep. zombies are those like sea monkeys? Yes, <laughs> they're about this big. <laughs> and whenever I try to raise some, my mother kills them. Aww. That's why you get sea zombies instead of sea monkeys, because and then they can't die. <laughs> I mean, technically, apparently, if you just rehydrate the zomb- the monkeys, they come back. So, gasp. Maybe they're the same thing. So. Maybe. All right. Now, if you did need to rehydrate sea monkeys, who is the superhero you would call? The guy that can turn on the sea? Zan from the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins, number 12. Oh, I was like, we've already talked about Aquaman. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) But that is a good segue. No, the guy whose whole ability is to be wet. (laughs) Shape up a sea monkey rehydration pool. I will admit, I am not caught up on Wonder Twins, but I grabbed this because it is the end of this art section. I mean, I don't know if he's mini done. Miniseries. Also... Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was originally a six. It was a miniseries. It was originally a six issue miniseries and then was extended to 12 issues. Okay. Yeah. So this is the end fantastic. of it. was fantastic, yeah. So there's no talk of it coming back yet? No. I mean, they easily could, and we see they get a new status quo at the end of this that yeah. 
I think like it would be easy to come back and say six months once some of the stuff they're doing in Young Justice, like once that arc is over, if they wanted to bring them back to do more. Yeah, okay. like they they could do they could do a, a a series called Asterisk, right? Yeah, yeah. Or Wonder Twins with an asterisk next to it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, this this has my this this does have my second quote of the week in it. Brian's second quote of the week of four. <laughs> Wow. Um, Oops, I called you out there a bit. How unlike me. How unlike you. Except exactly like you. Um, They they come back into the... At one point, they come back into the Hall of Justice, and Polly and her dad are there, and Jaina goes, Oh no, you found them! How? (laughs) Yeah. How did the world's greatest detective figure out that your best friend was hiding in your apartment? Is that your question? (laughs) Yeah, this issue is largely just about consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, if you have read Mark Russell's stuff previously, is not a surprise that this last issue is all about consequences yeah. and resolution. Yeah. And somehow simultaneously, like, the most optimistic issue of this run. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Almost uncharacteristically optimistic, one might argue. Oh no. Oh no, it's going to burn soon. I just uh, like that Asterisk is stands for something. It's not just yes. right. a building. I do. I love Jaina calling out Superman, though. Yes. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. He's like, you know, she's like, sometimes you just have to do what's right and not follow the rules. And he, he says something about, that's not, saving the world is not your job. And she goes, no, it's yours. <laughs> Shape of a mic drop. <laughs> Form of a burn. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I liked all of this. I loved it all. Me um, too. So in case we didn't mention, so the Justice League decides to establish a new department called Astrid. Mm-hmm. Assessing strategic threats requiring innovative skills and knowledge, Asterisk. Run yeah. by the Wonder Twins and Philo and Polly Math. Yep. And essentially, it is it is the when something doesn't fit the norm and the rules and has to be dealt with outside of the rules, you know, hint the asterisk, right? Then it gets passed to this department, yeah, to figure to figure out how to the best way to deal with it. I love it. Also, we see kind of a happy ending for the scrambler here. Yeah, I was gonna say, I hope the scrambler ends up joining somehow. He gets a great beard. Yeah. Like, if you're going to pick a body, it's got to have a great beard. I appreciate that. And cell phone Sylvia gets what she deserves. Yes. Yeah. Poetic justice. <laughs> also, Batman still doesn't do hugging. <laughs> no. Batman, not a big hugger. Yeah. On the stump, number one. Am I the only one that read this? I also read this. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, I almost didn't pick this up because politics, man, I'm already exhausted. I also almost didn't pick this up because politics. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, uh, it's Chuck Brown. So yeah, the the main reason I went ahead is one, I do love Bitterroot. But yeah. also, I met him at Dragon Con, and he's super cool. I'm like, okay, yes, I, I will read his book because it is him. Yeah, I haven't read Bitterroot, but I've heard enough awesomeness come from Alex that I was like, okay, I will start with this one, and maybe eventually my comic book shop will have the first volume of Bitterroot someday. But yeah, this was a little, actually ended up being a lot of fun. I kind of like the idea that uh, to become a politician or to get elected you have to do one of these like street fights but it's not a street fight like they're it's legal yeah 
the 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 setup is and i don't think this issue actually explains this piece of it but it is set in an alternate reality where in like the 1800s a presidential debate turned into a fist fight and one of them was killed and the other won and now yes. american politics is literally just a series of cage matches essentially which doesn't sound too far off so that's why part of me was like hmm but also these it's just like the idea that instead of a bunch of old men we have a bunch of buff dudes and women like trying to become our politicians yeah the floor recognizes senator gold dust sweet smell shaw (laughs) wow um senator rock (laughs) yes And as you can probably guess very quickly, it is still very corrupt. Like, maybe one of them was supposed to die so that another person could get pushed something through Congress. It's... Yeah. That would make it legal to kill in the ring. So it would be the same sort of, like, self-perpetuating forms of corruption that we deal with now. It also occurs to me that there is one politician who would probably have the same career and trajectory both in this world and in ours. Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Oh. Although he could. I was thinking Jesse Ventura. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, But the corruption, I mean, it's not just politics. It's there's... Um, you know, the press is involved and some, you know, if they're not printing things that are good, they're risking their lives. Yeah, like you see this editor who has to like jump and be like, no, I wrote the story and I physically am capable of standing you down. Yes. So essentially what you're saying is this is just a much more um, open, honest and physical representation of what actually just really happens that we don't see. Yeah, like basically you know how people get really vicious on like Twitter and name call and all that stuff. It's like if you could take out that aggression physically rather than on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. This is also probably the universe where the purge is okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong about that. Yeah. Or will be soon. Yeah. We have another great beard. Guy with a big red bushy beard. Big beard week this week, huh? Yeah. For me, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you can also place bets on the politicians. And it's just, it's so bad. And it's so not far off. It's just yeah. so bad. Ugh, I mean, you so talk good. about placing bets on politicians. But I have seen repeatedly on Twitter this week, people updating where the Vegas bookies odds are for this real world election based on the debate performance yep super fun super spoiler alert not a week you want to bet on bloomberg no (laughs) no uh our main character one of the main characters is senator jack hammer the names in this are excellent we haven't talked about how good the names are they really really are he's not one in six years he also talks about when he last punched a woman it's so great it's just so great can you imagine the bumper stickers in this no, world it's bad can i imagine them oh yeah <laughs> kool-aid man where did you come from <laughs> oh that was necessary yes i feel it i feel it <laughs> all right where's where's jen when we need her randy savage <laughs> i get the feeling jen would love this book yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. for sure all right, time for Is It Still Good? Batman number 89. Brian, is it still good? Uh, this is still excellent. We um, we get a big movement in 
plot story and Harley and Catwoman fighting together is something I need much, much more of. Yes. There's a solicitation for a future issue of this that refers to Harley as the new Robin. And God, I need that to be true. Oh my God, I love yeah. that. He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse number four, Brian. <laughs> we we see what our characters think of what has to be the actual cartoon version of the He-Man universe. Legion of Superheroes number four. John's lesson about the history of the Legion is interrupted by the Legion being put under house arrest by the president. Superman's pal, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Cherry Olsen, number eight. Oh, Brian. You. Brian, okay. <laughs> I didn't read this. Um, well, we, we get my Olsen, my Olsen, my Olsen in me, <laughs> which is the four uh it's the reign of the the subparmen it's the reign of the subparmen yes which is you know essentially the four characters of jimmy after his death much like after the death of superman and we find out who is perpetrating this upon uh the world this is the second and- time meg has had to hear us reference my olsen my olsen my olsen and me i'm glad to know it's not just you guys making it a pun yeah no i did just send meg the uh, actual title for the section that is the mabim bam logo in different colors <sighs> and and what would have been undoubtedly alex's quote of the week <laughs> uh, i mean it's it's more a reference that's the no, second no, no. It, it's when he's ta- it's it's when the mayor is talking to um to uh, uh, J- uh Janie Olson. Oh. <laughs> it says your stage work has elevated the craft of American theater profoundly. You're like Sondheim without but without all that darn scene. <laughs> no, that would not have been my quote of the week. That's a fucking sacrilege. <laughs> Which is why. <sighs> Wonder Woman Dead Earth number 2. Turns out man was the real monster all along, except for the literal monsters, which are Themyscarans. <laughs> Bitterroot, number six. Turns out man was the real monster all along, <laughs> except for the real monsters, which are demons, and also man. I'm so glad this book is back. It's so, so good. I love it very much. If you have not read it, go read it, Brian. How long of a break did it take? Uh, it took a pretty solid break. Um, probably about nine months. Because they did, they did a summer special uh, back like June, July of last year, I want to say. Okay. And it had been on hiatus, I think, for a month or two before that. Um, but it is well worth the wait. And I really hope that whichever network has optioned it goes forward with it. Atlantis Attacks, number two, Brian. Um, everything is going to be resolved peacefully until it's not. Captain Marvel, number 15. Captain Marvel finally has to face the Avenger she has dreaded fighting the most. Captain America. (laughs) No, but I like where your head's at. No, really not Steve. She didn't want to disappoint Steve. Uh, um, no one wants to disappoint Steve. I will say and this too. As someone who is so much against heroes fighting heroes, this arc is fantastic. It, it is. and it's But it's fantastic for the right reason. Yeah. Yes. I'm so behind on Captain Marvel, but I'm excited to catch up. Daredevil, number 18. Brian. Um, Matt may have found out how to actually be good for the city. <laughs> Maybe. It's Matt. It'll take him a while to actually internalize it, I'm sure. That's fair. <laughs> Deadpool number three, Brian. <laughs> Deadpool versus Craven. Here we go. That's so Craven. Um, we also <laughs> see the expansion to Deadpool's supervillain trading cards. Yes, we do. Which are 
apparently written by some dude named Ryan in his basement. <laughs> Which made and, me... And if, if I had a quote of the week, that actually would be it. There you go. And we learned why why Deadpool will be crying in 20 years when that one super rare initial first Jeff the Landshark character card is no longer his. <laughs> Uh, Fantastic Four, number 19. Um, Reed solves problems with science. That, okay. <laughs> sure. Wait, you, you you called this book Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Okay. You said Reed Richards, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Look, it's the last issue <laughs> of the arc. It's a lot of, like, denouement. There's not a lot explicitly to say about it. Okay. Johnny brings a girl home. <laughs> You might say he's the wind beneath her wings. She has wings, you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Well, Peter didn't last long in this series. Okay. Wait, what? Peter Quill blows up at the end. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That sounds like yeah. something I'd want to read. I mean, you and me both. That's one way to get for, get out of paying Kate alimony, I guess. Yeah. I uh... don't think they ever went through with the wedding, thank you. Uh... Or did they not? Okay. According to the episode I listened to where we talked about it, no. <laughs> um, Runaways, number 30. Maybe Doc Justice is himself a little too concerned with public opinion and social media. Maybe I'm shipping him with Sue and John's mother from Earth 65. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number eight. Um, I wish that Jin were here for the conspiracy corner portion of this. Brian, do you know what Jane and Thor are teaming up to fight? I do not. Anti-life? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, you see there's life, but there's also anti-life. Is it an equation? It's a little more of a plague, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, heist or how to steal a planet number four uh i love it when a planet comes together wow you were saving that one weren't you that actually occurred to me as i was typing up the show notes for this week so (laughs) i guess for the last hour and a half yes uh Sarah and the Royal Stars, number six. Sarah goes her own way to save her family while the stars meet up with more stars to find out how to kill a star to be stars again. It's very good. It's a beautiful book. That was a stupid, bad explanation of what happens in it. Just read the damn thing. The first trade is out. You sound very angry. I'm angry at myself because this book deserves better than I just gave it. You want to try again? Nope. Oh. I'm sorry, were you talking of all of the books that we have discussed today? <laughs> yeah, Brian, you raise a good point. Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Woohoo! Woo! Meg! Yes! Angel and Spike, number nine. Uh, I mean, again, it's anything Buffy. I'm going to be reading it, but it sounds like we're finally out of the Hellmouth, so that's even better. Yeah, I, I am... Angel and Spike... The Angel book, I think, has been the strongest during Hellmouth. Yeah. At least for me, because a lot of the, like, references are lost on me. So it feels like the one that sort of stands alone without context the best. The Buffy one just, like, I haven't read all of it, because while I pick this up weekly, I end up reading it in trade. Um, it, the Buffy side just feels whiny. Not, that sounds bad. Um, a lot more stressed and whiny. Yeah, I can't, it, Yeah. 
Um, I'm glad to hear you say it as someone who who knows Buffy better than I do because I feel yeah. the same way about it. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad to kind of move past this. Yeah. I am curious about because I I haven't I'm not caught up on Hellmouth or anything like that. Why Spike would be going off with Angel because I know in the show why it happens and we're so a long way from that that yeah. it's not going to be. Yeah mirroring that so i'm guessing you're also a little behind on angel i'm a little behind on all that okay yeah because spike's already there in angel Mm -hmm. okay yeah um i guess just from the standpoint of like i don't know i don't want to spoil things from the tv show if you haven't watched the tv show it's lilith 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 is one okay that's what i figured but but that's also like not the reason from the tv show like though um I am glad Angel and Spike is the next thing out of Hellmouth because, like, it's the one I'm most jazzed for more of. Yeah. And, like, if it were just Buffy and Hellmouth, this would probably be where I say, yeah, I'm going to go to trade for all this. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Again, like I said, I pick them yeah. up weekly and I still only read them in trade, yeah. so. It's very good. It's just, like, the last six issues have felt like they required more knowledge of lore than the first yeah, six did. that's unfortunate. Um, And also, I'm just kind of glad that, like, there was weeks where it was, like, one, you know, every i like picking things up once a month yeah <laughs> something every week was like okay yeah. this is a bit much this so brian yes sir amethyst number one. Oh man like i think i talked about this in solicitations already but like you know I, I literally when the original maxi series came out in the 80s i picked it up and i i just loved the idea of the construction of a world that's made of gemstones and this whole thing and the fact that we're getting a kind of return. She has changed. There's been several interpretations of her over the years. Uh, I'm kind of super happy to see us kind of returning back to what is a more original kind of concept yeah. of her. And this is Amy Reader writing, right? Uh, it is, yes. Yeah. She was on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, I believe. And I really dug that. So. Yep. I'm super happy about this. I'm also looking forward to this. Also, all the Wonder comic stuff has been very good. It has all been very, very good, yes. Leviathan Dawn, number one. This is another one of the one-shots sort of filling in what's going on in Bindus Superman land. Yep. I think that's all I need to say about that. And and, and Alex Maleev's drawing it. So. Oh, nope. There's the other thing I should have said. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You got me. Uh, Meg. Yeah. Second Coming, Volume 1. Yeah, if you were not fortunate enough to have a good friend to pick up an issue that you missed during Second Coming and then found out that they weren't reprinting all of the issues, you can finally get all of the issues. Yeah. I fortunately had a good friend who was able to pick it up for me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and I'm really hoping this is coming back. It is. There will be more. Good. Yep. Good. Brian. So yeah, if you oh, missed an issue, go grab yeah. it. And even if you didn't, go grab it. Brian, Hidden Society, number one. Uh, this is a new Dark Horse book by uh, Raphael Albuquerque and Raphael Scavone. Um, and essentially, uh, it is a story about... Um, uh, the last wizard who recruits like uh, a young blind girl and her demon and a magician and a cursed bounty hunter to form this team because alongside our world there's this hidden world where there are deities and demons and magic and all that stuff and um there's a threat from this and you know kind of it, it kind of you know we've seen this a lot where there's this other world that most people are unaware of and you know there's a threat from it this just sounds like a cool 
story taking place in some awesome yeah giant size x-men gene gray and emma frost number one so i think it's obvious why this is on my list but a psa to go with this it's really gene gray and emma frost and storm these five or however many giant sizes we're getting between now and may or whenever were not originally planned and conceived as giant sizes they were conceived as annuals for each of the x-men ongoings Ah. which is why this this also has Storm heavily featured in it, and why Hickman has got on the record is saying, really, the titles for these are not wholly accurate. Oh, but there were planning issues or logic issues or something around having them all be annuals and having like five annuals come out at once for the line. So they went to giant sizes and just sort of let the titles be fuzzy. Um, they've said that the last one of this batch will be the one about Storm, which is, I think, for May. Yeah. Meg, Sex Criminals, number 27. <sighs> Oh man, Sex Criminals 26 was so good and such a good comeback and also so depressing and I just need to know and I just need Susie and John to be okay and <laughs> happy and get through all this. And also I just need the creators to be okay because I feel like they're just so down and bad. <laughs> and um, part of that is because they didn't finish with Wicked and Divine and that still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, Brian, have you, did you read 26 yet? Because I know Alex said. Brian, Brian, Brian reads oh, it in I- trades and has read what the first one yes yeah okay well, yeah i'm probably gonna wait for the whole thing to finish and then just read there's a great the panel while Susie is a child in the library and one of the books is like how to deal with life after wicked and divine has ended and <laughs> <laughs> love it so okay so much. two questions so my main question is where's this book because i need it <laughs> You could do like me and pretend like it hasn't ended and you haven't finished it yet. Uh, I'm slowly like halfway through. Fraction up to the last one, but yeah. Fraction also talks in the back matters about how like legitimately he was bummed that yeah because he needed kind of this hiatus to wrap his head around what the end of this series was going to be. Wick did finish because he always thought it would be quote like some sort of weird comic suicide pact. Yeah, but also um, they're getting Jamie to do one of the covers. Yeah. Is that one of the ones that they're like six random polybagged ones? So, yeah, they're going to do, I think, oh crap, I can't remember how many issues. And then they're going to do an issue 69, which is going to have like 20 different covers. It may be more than 20. I can't remember how many covers it was. But instead of like collecting the ones you want, they're all going to be in black bags. You don't get to decide which one. And it's going to be great. It's Brian's nightmare. Yes. And honestly, a little bit mine too, because I've gotten all the triple X variants for this so far. And 20. Eight? I don't think I don't know. I don't think it's twenty seven. I think it's twenty eight when Jen Bartels. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. But yeah, I I hope yep. we're staying linear because the last issue confused the shit out of me the first time I read it. But I also understand why. Yeah, there's not going to be a big resale market spike in those cover issues at all. No. No. Not at all. Watch your elbows when you go to pick those up. Mm. Ugh, watch my head. Yep. Though, I just. I'm sad it's ending, but I'm glad that he's getting to do it on his own term. Yeah. Brian, Uh tell me about this comic book adaptation of the final issue of The West Wing, Tomorrow, number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I can safely say it is 
not at all related to that. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Tell me about this comic book ongoing about the most overplayed song in musical theater history. Tomorrow, number one. So this is a Dark Horse comic book by Peter Milligan, um, and it is uh, almost a, I would say you could describe it as a combination of deceased and orphan age, because... There is a Russian computer virus that jumps species and wipes out almost all of the adult population, leaving the world in the hands of the kids who start devolving into teenage gangs. Hang on a second. C colon slash slash run Logan dot exe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And specifically, we're going to talk about two, a brother and a sister who get separated and, you know, uh, can they make it back to each other and that kind of thing. And this is, uh, this is a five issue series. Cool. All right, last one, Grim Noir. This is a one-shot about Ben Grimm doing detective work. I think Jerry Duggan's writing it. I think that's right. I should have checked that. I'm going to check that now. Uh, I'm looking Grim Noir? Yes. Yep, Jerry Duggan. Okay. That's it. That that's all. That's all I need. That's why I couldn't find it. it was, it's Fantastic Four Grim Noir. Oh, uh, I searched Grim Noir and it came up. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um. All right, that is it. Meg. Yes. Plugs and promotion. Uh, I host two podcasts. Uh, you can find everything about me on my website, which is meggriffin.com. Uh, there's two G's in Meg. Um, one of the podcasts that I host is Judging Book Covers, where we are going through a 2020 um, book reading challenge. This current episode that'll come out the same week as this episode, we are reading a romance novel that has pirates. It's wonderful. Hey, do they get that booty? Um, uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm sure they do. Okay. Um, <laughs> the other podcast that I host with someone that you may or may not know named Alex, um, also joined by someone you may or may not know named Tim, where we read Animorph books. Um, which are wonderful and life-changing. I don't know. I definitely I did try to read one a week too early. Yes. Yeah. Alex sent me a screenshot and confused me because I don't know when we're recording next. <laughs> There's been like seven different dates. So I got a little worried that I had way too much to read this weekend. <laughs> me um, too. I'm glad you corrected <laughs> me on that one. <laughs> I am as well. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't read Animorphs or if you did read Animorphs, go check it out. They're a lot of fun. Yes. Um, as for me, see also Minds at York. I am self-same Alex that Meg just mentioned. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I actually said the name of the podcast. Thank you for saying you're that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, also, the Rob Thomas. No, not that one. Robcast, which has been referenced tangentially in this episode. And as soon as I'm done recording this, we'll be recording an episode of that about, uh, I believe the episode is called Canes and Abel's. Oh, I know which episode that is. Yes. I wonder if I could, like, if I just crashed and you guys were like, here's the title. If I could be like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do hey, it. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> what you doing for the next two hours? Uh, reading for Judging Book Covers tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I guess that answers that question. Uh, Brian. Yeah. Hey. Plug things. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's just me here next week. For our 200th episode. Yay! Yeah, that's exciting. Should we listeners expect a surprise? I don't advise it, no. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be a very, very drugged out Alex? No. I should be fine by Saturday. (laughs) 
I'm not gonna lie. I it's been so long since I've had my wisdom teeth out. I don't yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll it, be fine by yeah. Saturday. As long as yeah, you don't get dry spots. No, I should be fine. All right, that's going to do it. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit our website at panelologypodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology, or you can buy merch at bit.ly slash panelologymerch. My name is Alex. I'm Brian. And I've been Megan. All right, go read comics, folks. Or watch comic TV shows. Yeah. Yeah.